Rightio. So, who's got the notepad? Open it up. Who's got their, their mobile device, tablet, whatever it is, substandard to iPhone? Grab it. And so, the title is Faithful versus Perfectionist. What was that? Faithful versus Perfectionist. All right. So, and then uh, if you've got the, your pen out, get it ready because you're going to have to write Proverbs 13, 19. Proverbs 13, 19. This is what it says. It is pleasant to see dreams come true, but fools refuse to turn from their evil to attain them. I'll read that again. Proverbs 13, 19. It is pleasant to see dreams come true, but fools refuse to turn from their evil to attain them. Who's heard that before? Anyone? If you come to church, I, like a few weeks ago, I preached about speak up, and that was like my main verse. Who remembers that? No one. That's get the message because it was a good one. <laughs> um, but um, who? Yeah. And so with that, uh, who has had parents where they you like who's who's dreamed before? I have dreams. Who's dreamed for birthday present? I know there's been birthday present. Like man, I need that. Maybe when I was like back in the day when I used to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on TV, I'm like oh, I just want a Leonardo fit like toy. I just would, I'd want it so bad, and so when I'd get it for my birthday, it's like it's pleasant to see that dreams that dream to come true. And I don't know you, if you'd have this with the presents that you want, but my parents would be like, Josh, unless you like fix, fix up the way you're behaving, you're not going to get that present because like you don't deserve it. And so and it's so true in life. There's so many things. We, it's pleasant to see dreams come true, but if we um, don't turn from our, our evil ways, our bad behaviour, we won't get that pleasant dream. Um, and so, for me, there's nothing worse. And then like, for example, like I don't know if this happened to you, but you might—I think it's just a good example—that say for Christmas, you might you see your presents there, you shake them around, you go, "This is an iPad. This has to be an iPad." So it's it's a dream. You're like, man, I just can't wait for the iPad. Christmas comes, you open it up, and it's a book, and you're like, <laughs> "No," because it's pleasant. But if it was an iPad, it'd be pleasant to see that dream come true. But I'd hate it to get that book. Not instead of the iPad, because it's just like devastating. And so I think for us, um, there's things in life we just hate. Who agrees with me? I know hate's a strong word, but there's things in life we just hate. For example, it's a hot summer day, and you just want a cold, refreshing water. You come inside, you get the water, and it's like lukewarm, and you're like, that's horrible. I hate that. Who hates that? I hate that. Um, other things that I like, like there's those things in my life I just hate it. That makes me, it's like the cringe factor gives me goosebumps. You know what I mean? And I go, ugh. Um, for example, like I'm a goody goody. And so I hate getting in trouble. I remember I got one detention in school and I was heartbroken. I was like, How'd, oh, Josh, you failed. But, um, and so I hate getting in trouble. Other things that I hate is when I get blamed for something that wasn't me. I hate that. I'm like, no, I, I didn't do that. I hate getting blamed. Um, other things I hate is when, now this is a personal one, but I hate blocking someone's toilet. Like when, when a knee, like that's the worst. Like if you've never done that, that's like top ten hates in life. Um, uh, another thing I hate is like slow internet. Who hates slow internet? I hate that. Um, another thing I hate is when you get a brand new T-shirt, pants, and then like you rip it or something, and you're like, oh my gosh, I only just got this and it's wrecked. Other things I hate is when you just clean your T-shirt or something, or whatever it could be. And you're like, you spill, like, say, for example, at church, I'll get a white T-shirt, I'll have communion, and I'll spill it on me. It's like stained. I'm like, are you serious? Or, um, or it could be like you're having like a, a sausage and you spill your tomato sauce. And you're like, how do I get that on me? It's just cleaned it. Who hates that? I hate that. Um, other things I hate is like pimples. I just hate them, like, especially like, behind your neck, on your top, rubbing. Like, I hate that feeling. I love squeezing pimples, but I hate pimples. Um, uh, there's nothing, who, who agrees? There's nothing better than squeezing a pimple, but 
having them is, sucks. Uh, another, another thing, this is probably like top one hate, is who has to ever clean the bathroom at home? Now, I live with three sisters and I've got to clean the bathroom sometimes and that drain has more hairs in it than you'd ever believe, right? And so this is like my top one, let the hairs on my neck grow and stick up. It's so horrible. And so you go there, you go to pick them up and it's like the crunchy sound is horrible. You're like, oh, it's like, and you're like are you serious? This is terrible. But then you get it out and it's not just that, it's like slimy and it's like, it is like me thinking, about, I'm getting like the gag reflex going. It's like the one thing in life, you know when people that they see something disgusting, they vomit? Like that's, every time I do that job, that's the one thing nearly gets me going. It's just so, oh, it's, yeah, top one hate in life. Um, other things, there's so many things we can hate in life. So I know Liana hates loud chewing. I mean, like, she hates that. She goes, oh, that gets her, her cringe factor going. I know for my mum, like all of us, well, mainly me and dad do it because the girls are nicer with their fingers, but we'll clip our nails, like, whatever that sound is. And mum's like, oh, stop clipping your nails because she it just gets her going. And so, um, but I reckon the last hate, major hate that I have in life is when it's a sound, when people scrape a shovel on concrete, that, that really gets me going like, oh, I just hate it. And then some, these are, the, these are joking hates, but they're things in life that we just annoy us. Ones that I seriously hate in life is cancer. That's one serious thing I hate. And then another serious thing I hate in life is perfectionists. I hate perfectionists. Now, if you were that, hopefully this message I'm not preaching against you, but you'll, as we go through this, we'll see why I dislike that terminology. And so, cool. So, who's got their Bibles? I got a slide to it, flip it open to it. Matthew 25. What was that? Matthew 25. And so, we're going to be starting at verse 14 and look going to verse 14. 30. So you re- who's ready? Ready? You're quick. You're quicker than me. So Matthew 30, and we'll read this. Who, who believes the Holy Spirit's right here with us? I do. Holy Spirit wants to talk to us, and that's cool. So uh, Matthew 25, 14 to 30. Here we go. The parable of the three servants. How many? Three. So again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by this story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. Bye-bye. The servant who received five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. Say five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. Say two more. But the servant who received only one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Pause. We're going to call that guy Doug. Makes sense. He dug his money. Doug. Sweet. And so after a long time, the master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master... You gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have also earned five more. Say double, like we all hear, double, and say multiply. So he doubled and multiplied his investment, right? Next one, uh, next part. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so I'll now give you Many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. <laughs> Keep going. The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, 
and I have earned two more. Say double. Say multiply. Multiply. So he did the same thing. And the master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount to now I'll give you many more uh, responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. (laughs) Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you did not plant and gather... uh, yeah, and, and, and gathering crops she didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in a bank? At least I would have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given. Uh, I lost my reading. Even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Ooh. And then quickly, just before, while that's still in our mind, I'm going to read from the message translation, verses um, 25 to 26. And this is what it says, talking about Doug. I was, af- I was afraid I might disappoint you, so I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound to the last cent. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live so cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why didn't you? Why did you do less than least? Say less than least. All right. If we just quickly close our eyes, I'm just going to pray, and that'll be cool. God, we thank you that uh, you're moving in this place right now. Holy Spirit, um, speak through my mouth. Talk to us. Help us have ears to be open to hearing what you got to say. And we just thank you, Jesus, that we're going to leave this place better. We're going to leave this place of joy. We're going to leave this place ready to uh, be influencers in our families, in our schools, in our sporting places. And we thank you, Jesus, that you're alive. You're alive in us. And we're going to see this world change through us. And we all said, Amen. That's awesome. And so for those of us that don't understand some of these things, so that master is Jesus. That's what the master in that story represents, Jesus. And the money is the things is the things he's blessed us with. And so we've all been blessed. He's all given us something. And so I want to encourage you, you've got something that Jesus has given you in your life. The question is, though, how do we respond uh, to the opportunity in life uh, that like he's given us? Do, how, what's our response? Are we like Doug or are we like the other two servants? And so back to the, I hate perfectionists. It's, and now this is the thing. It's not a bad thing to want to do things well. That is not a bad thing. And so I'm going to have to quickly just put a side note in here so we don't go off track. So if, for example, if you can't sing, don't sing. That, well, I'll put it that way. And so, um, uh, but um, if you can sing, sing, right? For, and so, um, like, but if, so if Jesus has given you something, which he has, but it's unfamiliar to you, and so you go, like, let's go back to the example. So like, if I can't sing, which I can't, well, I can, but no one should hear it, um, I shouldn't be going, all right, I want to be singing on stage because I can't do it. But for example, someone like Joanna who can sing, she shouldn't be going, you know what, she's got the gift in within her. It might be scary for her at first. It might be unfamiliar to her at first, but she's got to be able to go, you know what, I'm going to step out and sing because that's what God's given me. And so I just want to put that side note in there. It's okay to do things well, but it's not okay when we're doing things well to then want to not do it anymore. And so I hate perfectionists because they are similar to the third servant, Doug, who said, I was afraid. And so they're fearful. This is, this is the link here. So I hate perfectionists because they're fearful, just like Doug. 
So um, perfectionists make me cringe because when, when God gives them a chance to grow, they say, no, I'm a perfectionist. That's the thing you often hear. People have the opportunity. God's given them something to grow. They'll have the opportunity presented to them. And they go, you know what? No, I can't do it. I'm a perfectionist. And, and why do they say that? Because um, uh, this is what the translation for someone saying, I'm a perfectionist, is. They're going, I'm like the third servant, afraid of stuffing up. So rather than having a go, I'd rather hide. And so that's, um, this, this is the thing here. So the, Doug um, hid and buried the money. So that was like the perfectionist. He covered it up. And so I want to encourage you, don't be like Doug. God's given you something. Don't go, you know what, I might stuff it up. I might make a mistake. Because that's being a perfectionist, being afraid of um, of. Uh, stepping out, and as I, as I pointed out before, the uh, the the, the uh, want to do something well isn't bad. That is good, but when it causes you to become a perfectionist, that is not cool. And so I want to look at two proverbs here. Proverbs, uh, sorry, as a Proverbs twenty six thirteen, and then as Ecclesiastes eleven four. So they're not two proverbs. So Proverbs twenty six thirteen and Ecclesiastes eleven four. And this is what it says: The lazy claims there's a lion on the road. Yes, I'm sure there's a lion out there. And then the next one is, farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they will never harvest. And so for me, these are two really, really powerful, hit, uh, lazy people on the head Bible verses. Because it's like, um, there's a line out there. There's going to be danger out there. Whatever we're going to do, there's going to be a, a chance of a mistake. There's going to be a chance for a problem. We could go, to, I'm not going to um, tell someone at school about Jesus because they might laugh at me. Well, someone's going to laugh at you anyway. And so it doesn't matter what happens. It's always going to be the problem. Just like it says about the farmer, if the farmer's waiting for the perfect conditions, it's never going to happen. There's not such thing. And, but then we've got to be willing to go, you know what, I'm going to step out. I'm not going to cover and hide what God's given me because the, the problem's destined to happen, but I've got to step out and do the best I can anyway. And so um, this, this, is de- this is like the dictionary definition of perfectionist. A person who ref- refuses to accept accept any standard short of perfection and can i tell you that is opposite to jesus jesus is not perfectionist if he because as it says there a person who refuses to accept any standard short of perfection and you know what i'm a huge standard short of perfection but you know what jesus says you know what? i love you enough josh despite your imperfection despite your prickles despite the things you do dumb i love you enough to sacrifice my life to give you freedom and victory and all those things and so i want to encourage you perfectionist is not actually the way of Jesus because he looks beyond mistakes he looks beyond and he goes you know what? I'll look bef- um um yeah no there's no perfect person but he looks beyond that and so um this is what the biggest the problem is with most people and perfectionists is is they have confused mistake with failure that's the biggest thing they have confused mistake with failure and so I've got a quote that I've uh, I've come up with and I live my life about and so who's ready for that this is what it says a mistake doesn't equal failure Failure is when we give up. Failure is when we quit. Failure is when we stop having a go. Failure is when we stop trying. Failure is when we stop stepping out. Failure is when we stop uh, being obedient to God's voice and call to us. And so mistake never equals failure. And so don't get them confused like the perfectionist has. And so quote two, and so I've just got another way of saying it. A mistake doesn't equal failure. Failure is when we become lazy and uh, or become a lazy perfectionist. Because again, that whole thing of like Doug is that thing of mentality of going, you know what, I'm afraid I might make a mistake. I'm afraid, but you know what, we can't be afraid because those things, it, the problems are going to happen, but we're going to go, you know what, despite this, Jesus has given me something to invest. And so, um, and so back to the start, it is pleasant to see dreams come true, but fools refuse to turn from their evil to attain them. And so 
it is pleasant to grow spiritually. And that's the whole uh, the point of this conference this weekend is for us to, be able to grow spiritually, to leave this place better, to leave this place more equipped, more challenged. And so, um, like, so we see Doug, he was called wicked and lazy. And, it, um, and because he proves to be because he proves to be evil and foolish. And so for that reason, so what was meant for him, he had the one bag, what that was meant for him, was taken away from him and given to someone else. And I want to encourage you, so Charlotte, God's given you some, he's given you some awesome talents. Liana, he's given you awesome talents. Layla, he's given you awesome talents. Amy, Nikita, all of us, he's given us an awesome talent. But if we step into that thing of, I'm a perfectionist, I'm too afraid of doing something, I'm going to cover and hide my gift. What happens then is, like we saw in that, in that, the kingdom of God is like, Jesus goes, you know what? These guys are hiding and covering it up. What was meant for you, I'm giving to you. And so, for example, it'd be a shame for what Izzy has on her life to be taken from her and given to Liana. It'd be a shame if what was meant for Carmel to be taken away and given to Amy. And as we see in this story, the people that go, you know what? Despite I might make a mistake, I'm going to step out anyway. They're the ones that will then receive what was meant for you in life. And so I just want to really encourage you with that. Don't get too bulked down in life going, I'm afraid. What if I... If you don't tell someone about Jesus, Jesus will, will get someone else to speak to other people f- f- instead of you. And so um, this, is, this, is, this is like my favorite proverb for this year. It's like the Bible verse that gets me going. And this is what it says. So Proverbs 24, 16. The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. Say, so get up again. Then NIV translation says it like this. For though a righteous man falls seven times, they will rise again. Say, so rise again. And so we'll, we'll put this into gender-inclusive language. So though a human, male or female, may fall seven times, they'll rise again. And I want to encourage you, it doesn't matter how many mistakes you get, if we're godly, if we're righteous, we will rise again. That, so I, who knows, like I could do something dumb this afternoon, I could do something dumb right now, but despite that mistake, beside, that's not failure. Failure is when I stay on the ground. So for example, boom, I fall over. Oh, no. I made a mistake. This life is so bad. But you know what? A godly man goes, you know what? Despite that mistake, I get up again. I preach again. And so, but you know what? What happens is if we're like Doug, we go, oh, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Oh, I made a mistake. Oh, failures when they go, you know what? I can't get up again. But we've got to go, you know what, God? We believe that you have better for us. We believe that you've got more for my future, that despite my mistake, I will rise again. I will stand up again. And whatever mistake I make will not keep me down. And so, um, who remembers our stones theory this year? We went through a stones theory. So, hashtag stones. And uh, one part we looked at it quite a bit was David killing Goliath, right? And that was in 1 Samuel 17. And so, if you wanted to take the note of this Bible verse, um, 1 Samuel 17, 40 says this. And so, we, we saw the, the situation with David um, going to take on Goliath. Man, I was going to just wait. Yeah, so go to 1 Samuel 17, uh, 40, and I'll... And we'll look at that. And so this is what that Bible verse said. So he, David, picked up five smooth stones from a stream. And so I think that's quite interesting there. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream. And so obviously um, he, he saw this big, like as we read the story, he saw this giant Goliath intimidating everyone, saying how bad you are, etc., etc., etc. But... Um, he goes, you know what, I'm going to go to Goliath and take this guy out. And so he picked up five smooth, stro- smooth stones from a stream. And so if David was a perfectionist, I believe he would have only brought one stone. And now I'm not going to, a lot of people talk about this passage and say there was five stones because it was like Goliath had brothers. I don't disagree with that, but I think this is just another revelation that I've had from this. 
And so I go, if David was a perfectionist, because as we saw there before, the perfectionist doesn't refuse anything short of perfection. So that means a perfectionist, would, a perfectionist would say, one stone, one kill, that's it. That's all we need to do. We're perfectionists. We do everything perfectly. But I believe David had the heart go, you know what? I'm prepared to, as, it said, as we saw in the Proverbs, the righteous man or a godly man or woman falls seven times, they'll rise again. David had, you know what? I'm not going to be the person that throws one stone and misses and be stuffed. He goes, you know what? I'm prepared. I got back up. So when I fall, when I miss, I got another stone coming for him. If that one misses, well, I got another shot again. And we've got to position ourselves in life and be like, you know, I'm going to be like David. I'm not a perfectionist. I'm going to be faithful and go, you know what, God, you've given me the ability to sling and pick up stones. I'm going to get multiple. I'm going to have that ability to go, you know what? When I fall down, I'm not staying down. I'm rising up. I'm going again. So who believes up for their life that Nikita... I don't know what mistakes you're going to make. I don't know what problems there are. But you've got to go, you know what, God, I've I got more stones in the bank. I've got more things in my life that when one fails, I've got another shot coming. And so who remembers uh, Release the Animals? Anyone yet? Release the Animals. And so that was, for, for those of, that, of us that don't know, I'll explain it a bit more. So Release the Animals is our vision for One Youth. And so we ultimately come down to the vision of church. So we see one up there. We see one over there to be a large, relevant church of mature believers who love our community. One youth, we need to be a large, relevant youth ministry of large, relevant youth ministry of mature believers who love our community as well, right? We, but uh, a biblical thing, so just like the church has Ephesians 4, 1 to 7, we have that as well. But releasing animals is something that God's going to be to say, you know what, Josh, that's what one youth is going to look like. And so... Um, I think I'm pretty well memorized off the top of my head. It's Genesis 8:17, and it says this: "Release the animals." And it talks about like the birds, the livestock, and a few other types, and the small that scurry along the ground, so they can be fruitful and multiply. Say fruitful, and say multiply. And so um, I believe that's what one youth is called to do. We're to be a, a youth ministry that releases the animals so they can be fruitful and multiply. Now, what does that mean? Do I say you're hairy like an animal? No. Am I saying you're a ranger like a orangutan? No. What I'm saying is. Um, they, the animals are a, spirit, are a spiritual principle for us as people. And so um, this, like, just like it said, there's like this, uh, the livestock, the small animals that scurry along the ground and birds, I think. There's different types of people. And just like there's different types of animals, there's different types of people, there's different age groups, there's male and female, there's um, keyboard players, singers, bass players, preachers, welcomers there's so many different type of people and just like the ark had all of those animals come into the ark we're going to be a youth ministry that we have every type of thing that we need for a youth ministry i believe that who believes that and so i also believe that um and so the way when god spoke to me about this so in in port lincoln there's only two youth ministries i think and so on the air peninsula there's barely any on the whole air peninsula but i believe and so just like um where after the flood, the, the animal was empty of the world. Right? After the flood, the world is empty of animals. It was empty. And I believe, spiritually speaking, the, um, the air peninsula is empty of youth ministries. Um, churches are empty. But we've got to be the place where, we, you know, God, we are a place where you're going to bring the animals in and we're going to release them to be fruitful and multiply throughout those areas. And I, I strongly believe that. And I believe all of you have the potential to shake this area to go, you know what, we're going to be, we're going to be the next youth pastor down the road. We're going to be the next youth pastor in the other town across because so that's what we are called to do. And so, uh, but with all of this, one thing that we've never really talked about is what does being fruitful and multiply really mean? What does that really look like? 
And so what we've read today, God gave me this huge revelation this week about what that means for us. And so fruitfulness. So um, I believe the fruitfulness is the Holy Spirit's work within us. And so if we were to go to Galatians 5, 22 to 23, I think I know most of them off the top of my head. It talks about the fruits of the Spirit. So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, da, 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 da. All of those things. So fruitfulness is what God and the Holy Spirit does within us. And so I know, for example, at home, Carmel could annoy me and uh, my natural human fruit would be like, Oh, I know he hurt back. But the fruit of, and God's work with him, he goes, you know what, Carmel? I love you. You're awesome. Despite that. Um, who knows when our mums frustrate us? We will have a mum that can annoy us. And, um, but we go, you know what? The fruit, rather than getting annoyed back, we go, she's just asking me a nice question. And Jesus in Holy, in Holy Spirit's work within us goes, you know what? We're going to love her back. Um, or we're going to have patience enough despite her shit wit because it's just our problem. And so um, that's what fruitfulness is. Fruitfulness is God's work within us. But then multiplication is us using it. For example, we saw Jesus or the master gave the first two servants um, money and they doubled and multiplied it. And so God's given me a gift. God's given Amy a gift. God's given all of us here a gift. And it's our job to multiply it. So to release the animals, to release one youth, to be fruitful and multiply means that, all right, so we as one youth go, you know what, God, Holy Spirit, you're working within us. You're giving us love. You're giving us joy. You're giving us peace. You're giving us kindness. And then the next part is multiplying is us putting that to action. Us going, you know what, just like David had the multiple stones, we go, you know what, when we fall down, when we don't show love, we step up again and we're going to try and show love. When we, we fail in showing joy and fall down, we go, you know what, I stand up again and I'm going to show joy. And so all of those things, that's what to do. So to release the animals, to be fruitful and multiply, that's what that means. And so I want to, um, um, uh, I want us to all, as, as when Jesus comes back again, like the servant, like he did in the parable, because Jesus is coming back again, I want him to say to each one of you, well done, good and faithful servant. But I believe if we, if we follow Doug's sad trend and go and live the life of a perfectionist and go, you know what, what if I stuff up? What if I fail? Well, there's a line out there. It's too bad. I encourage you to go, you know what? The godly will always rise again. And so I want to leave us with that. That message today is that, you know what? To start going, God, what are you speaking to me about? God, what are the things you're putting in my heart that, that I need to step out into so I don't be a dog? Because you've given it to me. I don't want to go, oh, I'm too scared to sing and cover it up because when you could be an incredible song leader or whatever it could be. And so I just want to, um, I'll finish that there. If we just quickly bow our heads and I'll pray us out, and that'll be awesome. God, I just thank you that you've spoken to us. God, I pray that these words will just um, uh, won't just be here for now, Lord, but they'll they'll uh, come back to us in the future, Lord. And that we won't we'll leave this place not being worried about making a mistake, because as I said before, a mistake doesn't equal failure. Failure is when we give up and quit and don't rise again. And Jesus, we thank you that you have given us the, the ability that despite the mistakes we rise again. That despite the problems we can lift up again. And Jesus, help us um, uh, not be intimidated and live fearful and afraid like a perfectionist, but help us go, God, you have better for us and we thank you for the influence that we're going to have we thank you for the uh the parents the teachers and everything that we're going to reach and have influence over and we all said